Welcome to your Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual healing. So the question of queer baiting is something we've talked about before with people like Harry Styles and Nick Jonas and the idea that like you can use a queer audience to build up um, hype around something because you know they're going to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like what, you know, we've talked about like a Nick Jonas type doing that by being super sexual and, you know, in, in a yeah. way that just baits gay guys. Um, but the, there's a question now of whether gay, gay celebrities and personalities can queer bait after Jonathan Van Ness and Anthony Porowski of Queer Eye um, posted these photos where they were they looked they were in like romantic poses saying they were finally together yeah. uh and they you know they were it's odd because i think jonathan vaness is married and it's just they're they're on this they're on queer eye together and it's like it just doesn't seem real but so they're all, they're also an attractive mismatch let me also throw that out there but yes <laughs> go ahead so they so you know they're they like posted about it for a few days and it was you know very cryptic and, and people were paying attention. And then, of course, the I guess when they delivered the, you know, when they, they, they actually described what was going on, the truth of the matter was that they had uh, they uncropped these photos to show that they weren't like holding each other. They were holding <laughs> pet food, a dog food, uh, yeah. because they'd become not life partners, but business partners on a on an endeavor called Yummer, ugh, the name Yummer's Pet Supply, a line of sustainable, incredible, and delish pet food mix-ins. Um, and people, I think rightly so, were annoyed, not just because it was it felt manipulative, but because it was like gay gay celebrities don't need to like keep on to the pile of the Nick Jonas's of the world who are oh, just see, trying I to fully disagree. Fully. What what do you well I oh, think this wait, is I, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say that um, this isn't the first. Apparently, the, the like Jonathan Van Ness and Anthony Porowski are notorious for SpawnCon, just constantly churning out sponsored content for products they um, that they you know basically that get that pays them. And in 2019, Van Ness came out as non-binary in an interview with Out Magazine when he was promoting. <laughs> a nail polish company encouraging young people to express themselves while also praising iconic partnerships with brands. <laughs> so that obviously garnered some controversy and uh, lines up pretty, you know, thematically with this happening. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Alan. I, I think this is people with liberal arts degrees going a little too far in that literally it was a stupid fucking tweet about that that I don't think necessarily was very funny or well thought out that was promoting a product of two queer celebrities and they played on the ongoing joke of them being quote unquote in love and I, I saw the tweet originally no one ever I never thought anything of it I literally thought it was a joke at the as soon as I saw it and yeah of course day, the next day it's a promotion of a brand there that they a company thing that they created fine yeah. and I'm just like I don't, this is not the definition of queer baiting. This is literally the definition of people needing to get a life. Of, and, you know, and- <laughs> I, I, weird, weirdly enough, I mean, maybe for the once, for the first time in my life, I kind of agree with Alan, um, <laughs> which is, which is all just to say that like, I, 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 let's not lose track of the fact that Instagram is just a billboard. It is a blank yes. billboard. And these guys, I, I when I started reading this article, I'm not a fan of Queer Eye. I didn't watch the, right. the new iteration. I, we've talked about it a million times. I'm not a fan. I have nothing against them, but I'm not a fan by any means. So I think I found myself getting like a little annoyed that they were kind of, you know, I, I, I don't know, sort of j- jiggering with the algorithm to, to, to benefit their own uh, bottom line. 
And then I started reading some of the tweets that were angry at them. I know some of the tweets that were like, you know, how dare you? And 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 I and I read them. And I was like, these actually sound even dumber. Like these yeah. these make even less sense to me that people are genuinely mad um, and hurt and and like pretending to be offended that these two fucking <laughs> the offense was so guys. Funny. I mean, think about think about these guys for a second. So, they, you know, they they were in this show that was very popular on that on Netflix, you know, one of its, you know, brief, you know, extraordinarily popular shows that like kind of goes away after like two weeks of, of a lot of talk. And the only thing they have done since the only thing is they have posed shirtless and used their Instagrams like their billboards. And I just don't understand why they should be put on any pedestal whatsoever, gay or straight, such that we have expectations of their morality or whatever. Well, even even against sort of like them, I mean, the, the people involved to me are kind of irrelevant in that this is literally the definition of what we've talked about on the podcast lots of times where people just need to calm the fuck down and yeah. have this sort of like false outrage at some at, at, out of an announcement of a dog food line well, but but i get why i mean i can understand why they're mad because their idea is not that like they i mean i'll even read some of the tweets uh, you know somebody wrote um the message right here sucks worse than the awful stereotype joke you use to grab headlines to promote your business so you can make money uh somebody else said you two getting richer from a branding deal does nothing to affect those bills or the lives of the queer people they actually impact because they, you know, they, Jonathan Van Ness, like, kind of clapped back and basically said, like, why are y'all, why are y'all getting mad when there's don't say, don't say gay bills and don't say trans and overturning of Dobbs. <laughs> but, but the thing that I think that, that I think there's a reasoned response. This one woman wrote, it's not that deep. The joke wasn't funny. And queer people are just a tougher audience than the cis hetero target moms your usual antics are intended for. Right. Which is fine. That's give actually us, right give, on give spot. Us, Give us your money, but don't whine when the bit falls flat with us. And I thought that, that was, was the, I thought the the most reasonable yeah. tweet of all. The perfect yeah. encapsulation. That's so true. I mean, it's and and listen. I mean, you know, we're queer content creators too. If someone paid us a shit ton of money to do an ad on this podcast, we'd probably do it. And it's 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 yeah, they do it in in ways that are they use their platform in different ways, and they're bigger, and they can do all kinds of crazy things, but. I don't know. It's just, it's the way of the world right now. Like Brent said, Instagram is a fucking billboard. That's all it is. It's curated false like facts. It's not yeah. real. And so it's like, if someone's putting up a stupid joke to advertise a dog food brand, which I will say, if anything, based on how queer people treat their pets in crazy ways, they treat them as children and stuff, which I think mm. is kind of insane. This is actually a very smart business <laughs> to have because it's, you know, where people go crazy for I, their pets. I actually hate this recent trend of like putting more time, thought, and energy into dog food. When you're like, my dog eats shit. <laughs> so quit telling me that you have like turkey gravy on top of fresh greens. Jesus. It does seem like a wild market to go into, but I bet it has a shit ton of money in it. I, oh, I, bet, I, bet, that. It's, I bet it's a niche. Sorry, Elliot. I just hate that word, yummers. It's like, it's oh, awful. you guys are so normies. <laughs> it's Yuck. awful. But like, I, I, I do think that like that woman's tweet is right on the money as well. Yeah. Like, it's not about being mad at them and it's not about like begrudging them for making money i think it's just a tackiness yeah, yeah and like and also at a certain point there is a, a hypocrisy to wanting to say i am an advocate for the queer community and i sort of you know i i, I am a, I, I am a mouthpiece for all things queer and i can speak <laughs> to like all things po political but then in the same breath also be like you know pocket money for anything anybody gives you and make you into a walking billboard. I do think those two things kind of, you know. Those, yeah, but look at the, but absolutely. Look at the vacuum in which, I mean, and, and this is a thing that I think we need to keep in perspective at least. So straight celebrities do this all the fucking time, but because there are so many of them, it doesn't seem 
absurd to us a lot of times. It doesn't. It's absurd to me. It is absurd to you, but but it doesn't. We don't do segments on it. Is what I'm saying. And the vacuum of queer celebrities is very small. It's there's it's it's not the market of the entertainment industry. And so when a prominent queer celebrity, and they are of the more prominent queer celebrities out there, when they do something like this, it gets even more attention because the vacuum is so small for us. Yeah, I think it's just the, the I think like this one tw- this one woman tweeted like her name was Sarah York. It's like we would hope. I guess that's the idea that you, get you Sarah would hope cast. <laughs> you would hope that maybe they'd be above using fake queer romance to sell dog food. <laughs> yeah, and like, but it's like I don't see it, a problem with that. I I she, and I I get I get what she's saying like. There's not a pro- it's not so much a problem it's like a disappointment in it mm-hmm. and that they're they're disappointed in the fact that they don't feel I mean again like again I, would Nathan Lane I, you know pocket yes, uh, you know hundreds yes. of thousands of dollars I think he would to advertise would. diapers or, you know I don't I don't I don't know <laughs> I don't I th- think so. I think I think it, I I agree with you Elliot I think it's a really good point I do I I that said at, at the end of the day I think it should be literally a reconciliation that what we're looking at all day long we have been duped into thinking it is interactive or meaningful or personal yeah. and we're just looking at a blank billboard yeah. all day long and we yeah. we've just you know and and we have these expectations of morality or decency and it's like, it's just, it's not, you're not going to get that on Instagram period. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think billboard uh, Instagram is essentially like either a billboard for advertising or now I've been thinking of it as only fans for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's so true. Not even joking. I'm so excited for our guest today. She's been a longtime friend of mine. I'm introducing oh, her to these two because everyone should know her. Sean Pulaski. Hey, Hello. Sean. Hi, guys. You are so great to be here. I don't know comic. who to stare at first. You're all so good looking. Oh, oh God, wow. Please. Beast right here. Beast right here. Uh, you're actually, your Enthusiasm dressed- is incredible, <laughs> right. guys. Sean, you're dressed beautifully it looks like you just came back from the oscars you're wearing a, and, exactly and we're recording I, on a sunday morning <laughs> yeah yeah that's exactly where i just came back from uh yeah no i you know what we're I, selling I, cds I, outside the kodak theater yeah <laughs> i'm gonna just sell it outside my apartment please, right. please buy my comedy dvd since right. those are very current right now mm-hmm. um yeah no it's you know what i'm, I'm dressed up because i i i am celebrating the jewish new year today right and that's so right. Uh, I, I had to get ready because I'm going to a friend's house in a little bit to uh, go have an early dinner as Jews do before they they hit the <laughs> services to repent and yeah. ask God to put them in the good book. Wait, you're yeah. having you're having dinner before services or brunch? No, you do dinner before services. But oh, I have no, Elliot doesn't. But yeah. uh, continue. <laughs> yeah, Elliot would never. To me, Elliot has dinner at nine o'clock. It makes every so night much sense because up, why would you get heartburn at at nighttime when you're sleeping when you can just have it at services at the normal? Right. Time? Yeah. There yeah. You go. Services always does feel like one big heartburn, anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> why not? Yeah. I'm so surprised. I just feel like. Oh, I guess it's a Sunday, but I usually Rosh Hashanah feels like a, you know dreadful long haul at the temple where you're just getting i mean yom kippur is when you're actually fasting but like yeah rosh Hashanah just takes so long and then you have a meal at least that's how i grew up i'm so i'm trying to imagine like really you have the meal like. after yeah definitely hmm. yeah no 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 yeah i mean i feel like jews need to eat at all at all times oh, well so. that's for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta be a little Constantly. bit of a nibble. Yeah. yeah, except on before that that is the long haul. Like oh, that does it. feel like torture. And it's hard to like focus on they're like, oh, you're supposed to be repenting, but all it's like all you can hear are people's stomachs growling. Yeah. It's like hard <laughs> yeah. to, to focus on Ever, anything. Yeah. But like because like, why would you have people who are known for eating be the people to give up eating? Like that's well, that's not- that's the exact <laughs> brand of I get, I get that of torture. That point, but we're, we're we're excessive people that nibble all day. Like that is not <laughs> We need a nosh. We need a nosh. Can I just throw this out? This is like a weird, dark tangent, and we're going to get back to Sean. I had a very good friend who went, she went to law school, and she got so nervous in class that she couldn't eat because she would just get diarrhea. But then when she wouldn't eat, her stomach would growl. So people started complaining in the class (gasps) saying, whose stomach is growling? So because of that, she had to start taking 
uh, Xanax every day, and oh. she got addicted. <laughs> she, oh my god! She's fine. She gave god. it up. She gave Listen, it up, and it was like <laughs> it just made me think of that. I will take that problem of yeah. not being able to eat any day of yeah. my life. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's never happened to me. I know when like people say they break up with someone, they lose their appetite, they they get. I am the polar opposite of that. Yeah. Like I never lose my appetite. Never. I know. <laughs> I I never. I feel like. Only, Anybody but Jews are the ones who say, um, <laughs> I, I have I forgot to eat today or I haven't. I know. Today, I like, know. That's literally like that's anti-Semitic. I don't I, I, <laughs> I always say and this is the most privileged thing I know, but I don't think I've ever known what it feels like to be hungry. Like I don't physically know. <laughs> sure. I don't understand the physical feeling of hunger. It's it's and that's a very well, not perfect. since you got that air fryer. You're yes. right. Oh, right. No. Change my but, life. You okay. know what I think about, though, if I ever like. You know, the show Survivor. People yeah. love that yeah. show because people compete to show. win a million dollars. Yeah. I just want to go on the show so they could just put me on a deserted island. And I just want to go on the show to lose the weight. Right, right, right. The only way you're going to force me <laughs> I know. Right. LB. It's like, right. I'll be like, hey, you guys do you. I'm not here to compete. I'm not here to wear <laughs> win the million. This I just want to drop. A good eight to ten pounds. Oh, you yeah. have to set it up like, listen, Biggest Loser got canceled. This is the one show <laughs> yeah, I could right, do to right, lose. Right. <laughs> well, I have to say, Sean, you are one of my favorite comedians. I've known you for years now. I, I don't even no. know. Like mid-aughts, I think we first. Like before the dinosaurs. Oh. Yes, before the dinosaurs. But no, I love your comedy. And it was so, I will say, like one of the things that, so after I had gone through chemo and everything, your response to my having cancer was one of the mm. funniest responses I've ever had. I think I was at, I don't know if it was. I was comedy with, store. It was at the okay. comedy store. Yes, I was with Michelle Buteau and you had, you were doing a show later on, I think that night or something. And you were screaming at me like, how did you not tell me? Why was I not there? Like all of these things, like you were, you were viscerally angry at me, not, not being, allowing you to come give me things at chemo. And I loved that. Hold, it was your, such hold a, your ball. It was, yeah, <laughs> hold my ball. It was such a nice response that I had never had. And I loved it so much. I would have, I would have held your ball with pride. Let, let me tell you, because I, I feel like, you know, we all go through things, but that is something that I never, you know, I, I never want to see my friends go through. And I think it's really important to, to support people. And, you know, I do this with like acquaintances. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm always that person yeah. that just wants to go and help. And I, like, what is life about if, if you can't help your friends, especially, especially yeah. through a trying time like that? Yeah, it was really sweet. It was really, it was one of the, I mean, I, I kind of hid from the world for that year, but it was definitely, right. yeah, it was very, very sweet. But I love, I've loved your comedy. You're, you have a bit in your act where it's, you, you do the stretch, like after a joke, even if a joke lands or doesn't land, you do like a stretch it out bit where you just, yeah. you just, you just you're, the audience is with you every single time, no matter if they laughed or not, you're just like, stretch it out, stretch it out. Where did you that stretch come from? <laughs> Yeah, stretch it out. It's kind of like, I mean, I hate to say it's like a tagline. It it just kind of developed. I was performing at uh, the Luxor for the fantasy show, which is a Ooh. all topless female review class act. But, hey, but no, 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 no. But let me let me rewind. I was not topless. Uh, I, I was the comedy relief uh, that comes out in between the show to yell at all the pervs for coming uh, to see oh, topless. That sounds show. like a rough yeah. crowd. And and nobody nobody wants to see me topless. Like nobody was even <laughs> imagining it. Uh, I disagree. Like, yeah. No. 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 Well. The five gay guys, maybe, but then, <laughs> I would come out and terrorize the audience. And so the girls in the back, the, I think the first time I did it, the dancers in the back, you know, they would just listen and laugh and I could, you you know, you could hear the dressing room wasn't that far away. Yeah, and yeah. so I think I said something like after a joke and, and uh, I'm a, I'm a physical person. So yeah. uh, on stage, especially so I kind of lunged to my left and I was like, stretch it, stretch it. And then in the back, they yelled, stretch it out. And so I was like, stretch it out. So that's kind of where it came from. But it's so funny, yeah. especially like when I work like gay cruises mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll after a joke, it's kind of like, you know, my rim shot. It's like, yeah. Yeah. and I'll go stretch it out, whether the joke works or not. And uh, <laughs> whether it works I was or not. Yeah, and um, most 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 likely not. And <laughs> I, I was on a gay cruise, and uh, I did stretch it out. And then I, probably a couple of days later, 
uh, gay guy came up to me and he's like, you know, we were at dinner and we were discussing what we thought stretch it out meant. And I was like, what? And he's like, and then we all came to the conclusion it means stretch out your vagina. Oh I'm my like, God, what? I knew that was strange. It doesn't mean stretch out a vagina. That. that happened years ago. So that <laughs> is right. like, how did you guys get to that conclusion? Uh, That's what people wait. Remember. So I I need to ask more about what like you performing comedy on cruise on a gay cruise might be my singular worst nightmare of all time what is it <laughs> for like Brent, for, for Brent, you yeah not... for me for me what's it like for you what are the crowds like what's 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 well, cruising about like it? performing on cruise yeah. ships in general that's yeah, a world that's so that? foreign to me well you know I, i've never performed on a uh quote hetero cruise you're not going <laughs> to catch me on the, ne the, the next disney excursion right. <laughs> but i've only performed on on the gay cruises and i gotta tell you there's nothing that compares to it. You know, in my lifetime, I've been fortunate to perform around the world and I would only compare it. There are, there are two places that I, I love to perform the most is when I have gone overseas to places like Afghanistan mm -hmm. to entertain the troops, yeah. like right after we, we went to war there mm -hmm. and there's nothing that can really take those moments were really important. And yeah. everyone had a really good sense of humor because they're in a deployed war zone. Yeah. Now, yeah cut to the opposite of that is <laughs> right. uh, going to be performing on gay cruises or just in front of the LGBTQ community yeah. in general, because anything goes, you yeah. can say anything in front of the gay community and they, especially gay men, mm -hmm. they're going to let, let it go. And, yeah. and I'm there to have fun and, to just kind of get inside of what everybody is thinking. Mm -hmm. So I'm when I get on those gay cruises, I'm very observant. I see the shit that's going on. And in my head, you know, I'm processing it like I think a gay man would. And yeah. so I when I go on that stage and I mm -hmm. I just let it all out. I think everyone there is very supportive, yeah. supportive and very loyal. And the shit you see and the shit you do, it's just it's it's such a fun experience. And I, I, I suggest everybody do it at least once. Oh, I won't go on a cruise ship to save. I can't. I mean, I like the yeah, idea of a cruise terrifying. ship is, is fun for me, but it also is terrifying at the same time. Like, I just can't I just can't get into the mindset of a cruise ship. I don't know why. But I do want to say yeah. you represent one of the things when I, I remember in New York when I was performing. And I think Brent could probably uh, relate to this a little bit, too, that I mean, even Elliot, too, where we would go into like rooms, either us doing stand up or performing comedy in some other way. And it would be a gay room and the women oh. specifically the straight women on the show oh my god do insanely well they would kill they would just not every the gays in the bar would just go insane for them and then a person of the community myself yeah. would walk on the stage and i would do my bit in the way that i would do they don't give up fuck i, they, I don't, they know, don't know why that oh. is yeah. you know yeah. i have seen that i i know what you're saying and it's, it's, it's especially when gay men go do comedy in front of other gay men, there is some weird judgment wall yeah. that I feel like gay male comics have to work harder yeah. in front of yeah. gay men. I don't, I don't know why that is. And it's also, it's like, you know, that ongoing thing within the community, everyone thinks just because somebody falls into the LGBTQ scale that everybody is mm. close knit and friendly. Oh my God. And when you are immersed in the gay community, you have to notice that there it's not always lesbians and gay men that come together. No. There welcome, is always welcome to our podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. But I think just on the outside, when people aren't people immersed in it, that is the belief that I know. everybody loves and hangs yes. together and yes. that nobody's taking pot shots. And that is it's it's actually the direct opposite. Well, it's very funny because even to this day, like, you know, I and I, I think I can speak for all three of us, even as much as being gay or queer or whatever has been so accepted into the mainstream and, and, and embraced in a way that's almost like sometimes it's over-enthusiastic. At the same time, there are definitely still plenty of moments where mm. me or I personally, if I, ex if I express like disdain or disappointment with like, other gay guys or the gay community or the queer community straight people sometimes are really surprised that yeah. i would actually be so open about it because they i think they imagine there's some sort of 
kumbaya brotherhood yeah yeah that just is not it's definitely sort of mythical i think yeah Yeah. but there's also i have noticed that there is a change because i remember feeling very uncomfortable in queer spaces performing stand-up for a long time which is why with sean i would always do like i would do the comedy clubs i really wouldn't do a lot of gay rooms Mm -hmm. it would be mainly comedy rooms and but now because i do more drag now it's like the complete opposite it's like i almost found a space where like i can do comedy and all of the gays will accept me. You know what I mean? Like the whole queer, yeah. the whole room will be with me because like drag has this element of there is just something about giving a female presentation that yep. they want that comment. Why it's why yeah, why is it that that they accept drag yeah. more than they would accept you as yourself in right, right. the community? That is I have that a, is a million I have a, dollar question. A light a light theory is that the in, light the, inab- <laughs> the light theory is the is that the inability or disinterest to sexualize a woman gives them more power to objectify yeah. or laugh at or laugh with i think yeah. whereas with another man there's some sort of competition brewing even yeah. if it's the most distant type of competition yeah. I, I don't know very for sure good, but I can, very good light theory elliot that's a very <laughs> I like that that's you're, you're dead on about no, thank that. I think we you well, this is nyu grad over here well, to, but to alan's point i swear i still remember so clearly the first like i mean i don't do like regular stand-up i do like I don't know, some, something that's more in between everything. Alt but comedy. Alt, Kabuki. whatever. <laughs> Kabuki theater, yeah. But I still remember my first, like, set. It was, I'll never forget it because it was in a very small room. <laughs> and it was me being stared down by a table of five lesbians who looked like they wanted to, like, debone me. Fix your car. <laughs> no, got me like a fish. I don't know what what was going on, but it was like looking down the barrel of a, of five guns. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. just it's awful. So I've, awful. I've, I've had I've I've had the op- I, I've had that happen, and I've had lesbians be great audience members, yes. and I've had them be incensed that i exist that said sean i want to talk a little bit about your podcast would you tell us about trailer park diaries oh you're so sweet brent i yeah i, I started a podcast probably about a year it was about a year ago uh with my best friend vicky barbalak who was a mm-hmm. finalist on agt a couple of oh, years ago america's nice. got talent yes she is america's trailer trash sweetheart <laughs> and we had actually come up with the idea during the pandemic mm-hmm. and we had spoke with all things comedy and uh al madrigal is a friend of ours and he wanted us to do something with the diary you know yeah. he he didn't want us to just be interviewing or doing he wanted to go into something a little more scripted. So Vicky and I came back to him with uh, this idea that uh, we both live in her trailer park and that I am this well-off rich friend from Beverly Hills, which I do live in Beverly Hills, (laughs) but you know, let's face it, I'm in comedy. So how (laughs) rich could I be? Uh, And so I'm this well-off friend that's married to some surgeon. I go through this tragic divorce. I have nothing left. And I have to move into the trailer park with her. And Great. she's the manager of the trailer park, which yeah. Vicky wow. does live in a trailer park in Oceanside. And it is fabulous. Yeah. And so I go, though I will never live in it. Uh, so <laughs> I go and I move in with her and she uh, discovers a trunk full of diaries in mm. the old manager's office. And so like little by little, we take a diary for each season and we read a couple of pages and then we discuss that diary. Wow. So each diary is is different and has been That's put great. together pretty much by us. I mean, we did research on people's diaries and asked for other people's diaries and got some. But did you ever keep a diary? We, I I did remember writing in diaries, but I didn't keep it around. I mean, oh, how I how did. exciting could those be? Yeah, you I know, know right. when you're like nine, right. you're like, oh, I like John. Yeah. He didn't look at me because <laughs> right. I'm Jewish and I live in Oklahoma. You know, <laughs> right. like, well, where, where was that going to be? I do want to ask you about Oklahoma because one of the things that I one of you have bits in your act that I find so funny about just sort of being like one of five Jews in Oklahoma. And yeah, I was going to say, wow, and how like. I mean, you just don't hear of Jews coming from Oklahoma. You just don't. No. You dig on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Like that was one of the storylines, like season three, is that the mom was Jewish from Oklahoma, which I almost fell over 
Because yeah. I was like, I've never heard anybody talk yeah. about that. Yeah. I mean, what was it like growing up in Oklahoma? I've driven through Oklahoma. I hooked up once in Oklahoma too. Mm-hmm. And it's God. It's, it's 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 an interesting state. It's an interesting state. I wonder if I knew the guy you hooked up with. Oh, you probably didn't. I think he's married with children. I think he's already been on one of your cruises. <laughs> like I said, I wonder if I knew the guy. All right. <laughs> but what was it like growing up in Oklahoma? It, it actually wasn't terrible. I mean, I, yeah. I really don't go back there much anymore because it's not not much there for me. My my family, most of my family had moved away. Mm-hmm. My dad still lives there, but it's, you know, we, I, I actually had a pleasant upbringing. And though I wasn't, uh, I was one of very few Jews that lived there. I was, I grew up conservative Jewish oh, wow. and there was a temple and a synagogue. And I attended, I had attended Hebrew school twice a week. I went to mm-hmm. services on Friday, services wow. Saturday morning and Sunday school. So I was at like shul in synagogue, like almost five days. My a God. Week. I'm not conservative anymore. Yeah. I was like, oh, screw that. But yeah. I was always really proud of being Jewish. So mm-hmm. when there was show and tell or whatnot, like the whole school knew I was Jewish. I would show up for Passover with like matzah and, <laughs> wow. and, and a menorah for Hanukkah. I mean, people knew, especially Were we in Tulsa, Oklahoma city. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. Wow. So I, I never really had any bouts with anti-Semitism except once on the playground, a girl came up to me and asked me where the horns were Oof, on my yeah, head. Sure. Of course, of course. And I remember like, punching her out and then oh I got God. right right a little weird yeah but that's the case and then like I had to find a better way to cover up my horns <laughs> yeah, but right. it was uh <laughs> it was a it was a it it was a learning experience but other than that people always knew what I was about when I when I went back for my 10-year high school reunion which was just recently mm. wink, wink, uh, <laughs> I remember saying, oh, let's take a picture with all the Jews in the class because there were there were actually like two of us. Oh, uh, and suddenly like nine people came. Oh, oh wow. And they're like, oh. I'm Jewish. Like there were secret wow. Jews. closeted oh, Jews. Wow. wow. Oh, I had God. that with gays in my high school. Like they were there years later, people would message me because I was always the only one that was so obviously gay, you know? Yeah. And, but and all the straight obvious, women Alan. loved you. Yes, they did. Well, and even some of the straight men. And they, <laughs> and they like years later would message me being like, I'm gay now. And I was just like, what were you waiting for? Why was I yeah. out there just yeah, you know, doing jokes? the sacrificial lamb? Yes. Right. It was the stupid. Fun. Although Alan claims he got pounded by the whole football team. <laughs> okay. So I'm sure he had a good time. <laughs> let's let's correct the pounding and say I was just very <laughs> eagerly. I was eagerly oral. Let's say. In, in I, I mean, that. who I'm do you so think jealous. you are? Elliot Glazer? Come on. <laughs> I have a a high school reunion coming up and I was I went to high school with Nikki Glazer and we were texting last night about our reunion and she's going to go I'm not going to go and because I'll I'll be just out of town but I I, I'm so eager to see like how many people have like done a 180 since high school you know what I mean like the people that you go to high school and then years later you're like whoa you're gay or whoa you've converted to such and such or wow you became a trump supporter like there's mm. it's it's kind of insane to see how people yeah. have really changed yeah, yeah and it, not always for the best i'll tell you that no. I, but i did i i knew who the gay guy was in my class immediately mm. because in sixth yeah. grade yeah. i was in love with him and then i was like why am i so attracted to him <laughs> and it's not like i i really wanted to make out but i yeah. just there was something so like he had so comforting, much charisma sure. and yeah, comforting <laughs> and dressed well. And he was, he was gorgeous and all the girls loved him, but I always had this attraction at an early age towards mm-hmm. gay men. And I think mm-hmm. that's why I immersed myself in the gay community. So, so fast. I remember going in Oklahoma every Sunday night, we'd load up the station wagon and we'd go to Chinese food yeah, as yeah. the Jewish family does. <laughs> and there was a manager at Hunan's restaurant. His name was Sean and he was flaming, yeah. flaming Asian yeah. guy. And Sean's usually are. Sean's usually. And he loved my father. You know, oh, my father wow. was a, a handsome neurosurgeon and he would just he would float to the table 
And he would just be like, Doctor, he'd be like, Dr. Polofsky, I love you, Dr. Polofsky. You know, he loved Dr. Polofsky. And I go, God, why does he love my dad? He, you know, I just remember being young going, he really loves my father so much. <laughs> oh my God. But I found him just to be so interesting. Well, and that's fantastic. how we are with Elliot's dad, too. We're the same. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Elliot's dad is very handsome. Very handsome. Like father, like son, Elliot. <laughs> well, Sean, this has been so much fun. Where can people follow you on the internet? Oh, well, on the internet, you can follow, well, you can check out Trailer Park Diaries is my podcast. And you can find that wherever podcasts are streaming, or you can watch full episodes on YouTube. And uh, uh, at Sean Polofsky, it's a mouthful. Or you can go to my website, uh, which has all my social media, or you can just find where I'm performing at hahachick.com. Oh, fun. Oh, Sean, thank, thank you, you so much. So much. Sean. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. This has been a wonderful brunch. Better than <laughs> better than Rosh Hashanah services. <laughs> and I wish you guys a happy, healthy New Year. You wonderful. too. And another thing. Okay, so for any of our listeners who enjoy dabbling in nude cams, Elliot, I'm looking at you. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, look. He likes to do the splits on on, on cam every night. Um, but anyway, you've probably come across a, a dramatic story. pause. That was a pregnant pause. <laughs> yeah, new, I was trying to. We're, we're we're recording earlier in the morning, and I feel like yeah. my brain power is just weaker uh, yeah. this hour. But uh, there was a, a new story this week about a gay weatherman, Eric Adami. Mm. Um, I don't know how to pronounce Speak it. Adame. Adame. Yeah. Uh, Eric, Eric Adame. <laughs> Surprised the name isn't Jonathan Eric Adame. We got so many messages of people being like, do this story. Are you going to Oh my this? God. It was like, yeah, we yeah. are. By the way, tell those people who messaged to also join our Patreon. But anyway, no. Um, so Eric was fired from his job after nudes of his were leaked onto a gay message board, LPSG, that all, all of us are familiar with. Uh, turns out <clears throat> Eric had been a regular on a nude cam site, and apparently it finally came back to bite him in the ass. After his nudes were leaked, Eric said, quote, I don't apologize for being openly gay or for being sex positive. <laughs> but <clears throat> OK, now, before you jump to any conclusions and get mad at his employer or the leaker or whatever, it should also be noted that instead of undergoing sort of strict anonymity protections eric would openly talk about being a weatherman while yeah. jerking off on cam and as but our resident expert as our resident expert h allen scott will tell you there are different higher standards for employees of news corporations than the usual nine to fiver well even so, nine to fivers have this too just so everyone yeah knows. i mean I certainly mean, every, every single contract you sign for basically any job you're taking there is a decency clause in that contract yeah right? but like but i don't think a sandwich artist is going to get fired yes there, for, is. I mean, <laughs> yes, there is yes there is no there really is so like when you take a job at like subway even i i, I read a thing about this there's there there's a there's a decency clause in it that if your actions, meaning if your actions get online and go viral and cause bad light on the company, you can get fired. Oh, for sure. And and I don't I don't refuse. By the way, if we don't believe in cancel culture, but if one is to believe in cancel culture, that is the clause that people can use to get yes. someone fired. Yes. Uh, so it goes both ways. But again, I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of cancel culture. That said, I think the argument that I'm making is just that. Yes, these clauses exist even for sandwich artists. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. But they're very, very, very rarely utilized. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, but yeah, I, mean, I just don't know why this, like Eric Adame. If I just have to laugh because he quickly pivots it to make it about sex positivity and about like yeah. not apologizing for well, sexuality, and it's like, yeah, that's not so much the that's problem. Really it's like, the problem. He wrote, <laughs> he wrote New York One on his wrote new york one yeah. on his chest while talking about his pussy so well, see, here's, the thing. here's the thing that i was thinking the entire time and there is a whole sort of like kink subculture of people who want to be quote unquote exposed and it's not that they necessarily literally want to be exposed it's that they get off on the communication or the fear the sexual there's a sexual component to the fear the danger of being yes the danger of being mm. exposed and so I yeah. think, I don't know. I he has not confirmed this. I haven't talked to him, but like you haven't spoken to Jonathan Eric Adame. No, but I do think that it, it sounds like there is an element of that in yeah, probably did in that it's it seems 
And, and also, but, if, if you know that your news and your porn is going to be out there without your consent, I mean, literally without your consent, like someone's going to post it and you don't know where it's coming from. I think, I mean, if you're going to, pro, you know, proactively be like, yeah, I'm sex positive, you know, before anyone sees the really crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't I didn't see the videos, Elliot. I'm assuming you studied the videos very intently. <laughs> I didn't see them. Did he did he not have his face in them? His face is oh. in them. his face is in them. Okay, so then, like, that's the thing. It's like, even if you have the fetish for, you know, uh, perfor- you know, performative sexuality, like, you can, I mean, I've I've known people, <laughs> I've really found people I know who wear masks, who just cut their head off. I mean, I've followed OnlyFans pages where you never see their face. They just yeah. show their body and below. So, like, it's definitely doable, but sure, here's the, the problem. You blow. won't. And below, but you won't get as much attention. And like, maybe that's, maybe that's the, the linchpin here. He wanted the maximum amount of attention. Yeah. I mean, that's what, to show his there's face a part too, that where I think there's like a bloodthirst probably from ironically from homophobe, like not homophobes, but like maybe like casual homophobic homophobes and gay guys who want to, who are maybe like, uh, you know, either not, not jealous, but like envious or, or like, kind of whatever it is i think there's a bizarre cross-section yeah. of people of blood people who are bloodthirsty to see him get swift justice of some kind which and why? i what justice I, even need that's the thing that? like i would i i surprisingly could not like couldn't care less and i don't think there's a need for justice to be served because this is just this is not new i just don't understand why he would tempt the gods well, but even then, writing then, New York One. I mean, that is hilarious. I think, I writing think it's important. New York One. <laughs> I think it is important to acknowledge. Yes, it is ridiculous that he put New York One, but I think it is important to acknowledge too that like he it wasn't like he was in a string. It wasn't like he was on Instagram Live or something. He was in a sexual space for adult content that it was that everyone was agreed upon to be there for adult content, and that even though he did things that were crazy, he is still very much a victim in that somebody and we shouldn't let this go you know uh, like ignored sure. somebody took images and yes. video from what he was doing on this adult site and then not only sent it to his employer but sent it to his, his mother his mom and Ooh, then on top oh, of that we talk about Jesus. the vanity behind behind eric God, but i will say i forgot about that is the rage about the lack of attention from the person who probably sent that content to his employer and to his mother the rage that eric did maybe did not give this person the attention that this person felt he deserved for tipping or whatever it was yeah yeah that then reverse homophobia in that this person thinks he's entitled to the attention of Eric because he performs sexually on a porn site. And it's, yeah. there is, there is sort of another conversation here that I think shouldn't be lost in that. Yeah. It's revenge porn. It is not just vanity. It's, it's the expectations of queer people thinking, well, this person is doing a sexual thing. So then because I paid for such and such, I have control or dictation over what this person can do. Yeah. And, it does know. feel like yeah, there's a temptation on his end to like taunt the, you know, the possibility of getting caught clearly i mean he's writing his employer on his chest but at the same time <laughs> at the same time it is it is bizarre and weird that somebody would have the take the take the time clearly with intent to send it Holy to man. you know his mom no less his, yeah, his employer I, why would you do that yeah but, i mean but is there a less like is it worth saying or is it right or wrong to say well why did he do that in the first place or should he you be know, more i think it, i do also think it opens up a dialogue about how disproportionately we get mad at human beings on the internet, as opposed to in person. Mm. Um, I find that, you know, I, I find that I feel slighted or diminished, or I get mad at people way faster online. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and especially yeah, yeah. when yeah. money is being exchanged. Oh, like, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just I wouldn't part of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, we, look, we, we aren't all Elliot Glazers. If you send <laughs> someone twenty dollars, you you know you want to see but, their hole. <laughs> we're oh, yeah, we're, but we're having the same conversation that we were at the beginning about Anthony and Jonathan Van Ness, where it's like, yeah, you're right. This that there's that same anger and rage that you get in your phone, you know, in the the yeah. smallness of your phone, especially when money is involved. And that's- I, I had one. There was a guy I had like a nasty exchange with on Twitter. During the pandemic, right when OnlyFans was blowing up, and it was like the most ridiculous. <clears throat> I don't even remember what it was about. It was the standard like pithy, dismissive 
from both of from both of our ends to each other. And I, I swear to you, it made me so mad. I was like fuming for a day <laughs> and I still remember who it was. And probably two years later. Um, and I, I just bring it up because like, <clears throat> I remember noting, I'm like, I'm sure in person, I wouldn't have been this mad. If because it's so intimate. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so intimate, so intimate it's but it's you also so dehumanizing. Yeah. 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 It's, it's intimate in that what you're, the things you're saying, but it's not intimate in that you're not actually connecting. Like there's no human to human, eye to eye physical connection that, 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 you know, likens a deep connection. And so because that you dehumanize this person and, that, and then it's easier to get rage on this person. It's easier to go, yeah. you know, lethal on this person because yeah. they're not a person to you. They're not that you don't see them crying. You don't or see it's, them. Or it's easier enough to just, for some people forget about them so quickly and yeah. not even think about them. And, and it's like, but yeah, it's a bizarre like parasocial relationship that can go either super, mm -hmm. you know, super uh, um, um, intimate or completely removed. So, oh, sorry, Elliot. That's it. No, I was going to say, so I was just trying to think of like, are there, I was trying to think of any professionals, uh, any, any other. So Alan had made the point when we were texting about this, that like, you know, journal journalistic news corporations have different, have slightly different standards, higher, higher standard. standards. Yeah. yeah. So I was trying to think like, you know, is there a world, a world in which someone who did this under a different profession should be treated the same way and it wouldn't cause any concern or, or pause from my end. And I, I couldn't think of a profession that I consistently thought it would be appropriate to fire someone if they were making like cans, well, except for like a senator. <laughs> the only, the only like profession your, your I could kids, think of was like senator. What if it was your, your kid's teacher? So that was another one I threw out, which was like, I, I consider myself very protective of teachers. I think they get shit on too much. They don't get yeah. paid enough. Um, every, every parent gets mad at them when their kid's grade isn't the right, isn't what they expect. Uh, but I also, I had, has had a similar thought that like, what if a kindergarten teacher, male or female was, you know, jerking off every night, uh, or I guess fingering themselves every night on cam <laughs> on cam. And you found this out. I mean, obviously they're not bringing this into the classroom whatsoever, but yeah. I I could under I could certainly understand a world in which someone would feel uneasy about that. Yeah, right? I, I don't know. Part of because I get I think it's the simple connection of like you know someone does sexual things online and then employer finds out and gets fired. But it's the middle area of how the employer found out that I think is is one of the yeah, areas yeah. that that there's a lot of sort of like because we all deserve to have and elliot knows this best our sexual <laughs> sides our sexual identities and we all we all have a right to express ourselves sexually in safe and consenting ways that that we can and if someone is jerking off online and the people viewing and they're doing it with consenting parties well then should they even lose their job over that i don't know yeah. i mean I it's mean, a perfectly I, I mean that's a perfectly fair point i mean that's why i'm very much on the I'm very much on the line that I think, yeah, any teacher, much like any professional, should have the right to do what they want if they aren't harming anyone yeah. uh, in the privacy of their home and everyone's off consenting. of work time. Yeah. And everyone's consenting. Yeah. But but I also, you know, I will still I will still pay, you know, give some credence to some parents that I think would probably be put off by that. And I just, I don't yeah. think they're crazy to be it's put a, off by that. Yeah. And even if it is sort of un, unfair, you know? Yeah. It feels like to me, it would feel yes, un, unfair and unjust, but at the same time, it would be a question of judgment and like, you know, thinking like, what is, the, what were, what was he thinking? And mm -hmm. what is he thinking? If it's a very, if it's at least possible for this to come out, you know, forget about it being like revenge. This wasn't even revenge porn per se, because it was public and I guess accessible. Um, so that's really the question. It's like, yeah, oof, like if he was like, like you were saying, Alan, if he was like, if his kink is being on the precipice of being found out and he, you know, and every day he's like, instructing my child in a classroom yeah. that would definitely give me pause for sure I, I will say this whenever i have found therapists in the past especially within recent past i will always do a deep dive to make sure i cannot find them on social media oh. and i want when and when i do i don't want to see gratuitous shirtless pictures and oh I will god not, of course i will not go i found a couple of course fucking la 
in LA, like every therapist has like headshots and shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, uh, I found a couple uh, a few years ago when I was looking for a therapist and and they were like, you know, in the pool, in Cabo. And I was that's like, I'm like, sorry, I can't do this. I can't. That's why, that's why all I- I've seen why, your nipples. I don't want to listen to what you have to say. Sorry, Elliot. That's why to me, like the only therapist I want is like the kind, essentially like, I love taking a situation like that and seeing those therapists in Cabo, shirtless in Cabo and imagining if that was like genuinely like the 60 something heavy Jewish lady doctor topless yes. in, in Cabo. Like <laughs> I want to see that. That's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want to see in my therapist. But like, but also like, that's not what I want to see in my gay male therapist. So <laughs> right. imagining again, just, just to do the, the equivalent, imagining Sharon Packer, like a therapist I had years ago, like top, topless with her titties hanging out, holding a, holding a Cosmo or hurling a martini or whatever is like exactly the the, 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 the signal that it's like run really far now. When you said Cosmo, I literally just pictured a naked woman holding a Cosmo magazine. And I, <laughs> that's a beautiful. Image. I meant to say Margarita. She yeah. Sharon Packer's holding a Margarita. She seems like but, a Margarita type. Yeah. Big titties in the wind. <laughs> What would what your, your aunt, aunt say? say? Uh, Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? Who was who who is this Antonin Polanski? <laughs> the only person I follow on Instagram is Alex Jones. <laughs> My aunt Joanne would say, you should go out with, with Antony Porowski, but Jonathan Van Ness sounds a little too Nazi-ish for me. <laughs> <laughs> How about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, uh, I once thought I was exposed on that Girls Gone Wild video, but it turns out it was just a homeless woman. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Brent did the oh, double laugh. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> Guys, subscribe to our Patreon. It's patreon.com. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon. We're very bad about doing this at the top of the show because we know, know all of you have stopped listening at this point. So. Literally, we have three <laughs> listeners remaining in the last 30 seconds. If you have heard show. this comment, write a little comment on the Instagram post for this yeah. episode and let us yeah. know. <laughs> this is or or like... Yeah, or like the three duty icons, so we definitely know that you were listening. <laughs> <laughs> duty emojis, please. Duty. Three. What was the? What was? Did you? Say, it was. Was it duty? You said duty yeah. a couple weeks ago, Elliot. And I, I like ever since I've been completely obsessed with the fact that you use the word duty. <laughs> I think duty is so funny. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, we'll have a good week. Bye. 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 <laughs>